This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, we already have taped a ton of new episodes here uh, getting us into this new year and into this. Uh, it's still not officially the second season, but it's like the second hundred episodes of the PR Podcast. Um, but we're always looking for more guests. We want to bring as much tactical, tangible knowledge uh, to our listeners as possible. So if you want to be a guest, get in touch with us. What's the ideal guest? You're either a PR uh, pro, right? You're working in public relations in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you work with SEO. Maybe you work with digital. You know, you don't have to be a traditionalist like me. Um, or maybe you're someone who works in a newsroom somewhere. You're a reporter. You're an editor. You're a producer. You're a writer. Um, you're a videographer. You're a photographer. Um, the basic definition is the perfect guest is someone who plays a role in how the modern news gets made, the decision-making process that, that goes into that, um, the the who, what, where, when, and why of how news gets made. So if you want to be a guest, send a DM on Twitter to the PR podcast and send us a couple of ideas of what you'd like to talk about. Um, we love to hear from everybody uh, and we want to hear from you. So, so get that done today. Get yourself booked as a guest on an upcoming episode. Now on to our very special guest today. Let's get right into it. Bri Godwin Heike is the Associate Director of Digital PR at Crowd, a global full di service digital marketing agency based in New York and serving clients all over the world. Now as a digital PR pro, she gets clients coverages and uh, coverage in outlets like CNBC, USA Today, NBC, Business Insider, and the New York Times. Brie works with to create headline-worthy content to secure press coverage with links to improve clients' SEO and overall brand awareness. Brie, welcome to the PR Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we really appreciate it. Now, you and I crossed paths because of an exchange that we had on Twitter, and I caught something that you put out there um, about, and I think I'll read it here. Um, you tweeted that recently you had a traditional PR pro tell me they're having trouble getting the brand out there, quote unquote, getting the brand out there. And you said you can't stop thinking about it. Journalists care about the story first, not the brand. I've had very small brands get great coverage because they had a spot on story to tell. Um, tell us more about that, sort of what what gave rise to that tweet and what was on your mind when you tweeted it? Yeah, definitely. So first, I need to caveat that tweet with saying that was not a dig to traditional PR professionals. Oh, didn't um, think it was. Didn't think it some, was. Go ahead. Some, some people did. And I apologize for, I guess, calling that out. Um, it was just the fact of who, you know, told it to me. Um, but yeah, that was really the biggest um, comment that person made is, you know, I'm really struggling getting the brand out there. And I just paused and um you know it's uh someone that i know from school that's you know kind of a friend acquaintance so i didn't necessarily feel comfortable you know being super critiquing them so i probably should have but it just i was like oh yeah you know and kind of had to nicely be like well think about the story you know think about the headline think about what the publisher wants um that's more than just your brand but it just sat with me for weeks and honestly it still does because so many uh so many pr people do this and so many brands do this they think that their brand 
is the leading thing. They are, you know, proud of their brand. Obviously, I totally understand that. But in the earned media space, you have to think about what the journalist wants, what the publication wants, what the story is, maybe around that brand or what content you can bring to the table that that brand has the authority to speak on. Uh, and it, I, it's straddling the line between keeping the, the client happy and making the brand look good, but also having that story to tell the journalists. And I just cannot drive that point home enough. And as I said in the tweet, I've had small brands, unrecognizable names, companies of six or seven people, that's it, get amazing coverage because we told the story correctly. So this notion that it has to be a big recognizable brand or something like that just isn't always the case. If you have a great story to tell, that's usually what the journalist wants. Yeah, I, I keyed in on that. Uh, I keyed in on a couple things that you wrote, uh, and I completely agree with you. Let's start with that. Number one, I keyed in on that usage of the phrase, the brand, right? Which is super insider speak. Like nobody cares about your brand, right? I mean, when you sit and think about it, they maybe say, yeah, may, might use the phrase, but no one's thinking about that. And reporters definitely are not thinking about it. They could care less about your brand, right? No. They want to know exactly what you said about the story. And I usually talk to clients when they start saying, we have this really important thing. And they tell me this story about this really important thing to them. And I'm like, you know, I'm hearing crickets. And, and I'll usually use this phrase. I'll say, great, it's important to you. We have to make it important to everybody else. And that is what, what leads into what you were talking about, about telling a good story. Um, and so glad to hear you describe it that way, that it doesn't matter the size of the brand or the company or the whether you recognize the name or you don't recognize the name. If you've got a great story, you're going to get you have a better chance of, let's put it that way, of getting good coverage. Um, so let's segue now into that, how you use that with your clients. And, and let's back up too and tell us a little bit about crowd as well. Yeah, definitely. So uh, crowd like. Uh, you mentioned in, in the intro is full service digital marketing. Uh, I work in digital PR, so PR for the sake of SEO, which is one benefit of digital PR, but not the only benefit. There are other, several other benefits that come with it too: brand awareness, brand consideration. You can even utilize, um, you know, calling out products in in a PR worthy manner and stuff like that. It's not just uh, the SEO benefit, but that is where I sit right now. And a lot of my clients really want that SEO. Um, and because of that, I'm usually talking to like an SEO point of contact too. So I'm really having to like, you know, dumb down for lack of a better word, the PR process and tell them, you know, okay, we need to think about the story and we're going to pitch it to a writer. The writer is going to go to their editor and their weekly or bi-weekly pitch media. Like I am breaking down the process of how that's how it happens right and you yeah what happens go ahead and so that's you know that's where i'm starting and on the note of looking for the story to tell i'm thinking of where you know what do you have going on what do you have a product launch coming up that maybe there's a story around it let's think of the holidays is your product something that could be a gift for the holidays you know always thinking about the story and if there's maybe not something super exciting going on. Let's think about, okay, what do you have the authority to speak on? What knowledge do you have? What is your brand? What umbrella, you know, what is under the umbrella of your brand and, you know, related content ideas. I also look, of course, at what's going on in the news. And Jody, I really feel like 
I have come across so many PR pros who just don't read the news enough or not as much as they should. I know that's crazy, but that is obviously you have to keep an ear to the ground and you have to know what's going on in the news, especially in relation to the, you know where your client sits. Sometimes you can have something that requires a really quick turnaround in order to get your client the coverage. And if you're not paying attention to the news, you're gonna miss it. So, you know, I'm really always trying to bridge the gap between where does my client sit, what's going on in the news, and how can we give the journalist a good story that's like a really good meet in the middle spot. That is a great call out. Um, and it reminds me of something that I did a, a couple of years ago. And I haven't done this in a while. And, you know, maybe I just need to rem remind myself of doing it. Um, uh, sort of keying in on the news, right? And 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 I woke up one morning and I read a story in the newspaper. And I remember it was about winter sunburns, right? How you can still get a sunburn in the winter time um, because of how it reflects off of the snow or you know the angle of the sun and blah blah blah. But it was a print story, and I said, "Oh, I represent a doctor. Let me pitch the doctor to local radio stations." Because the radio can jump off of the story that's in the paper and then translate that to their airwaves. And it did just that. And we got a whole bunch of interviews literally that morning with five minutes worth of work. Um, that, that's the kind of stuff that you're talking about, right? Sort of paying attention to what's going on in those news cycles. Definitely. And I feel like the news cycle is short. Uh, and the most part, it kind of depends on the vertical. Um, I remember COVID really shortening the news cycle when we were looking for like a new, you know, update on what was going on in relation to the health vertical that bled into every other part of life. And it was, it was like- a, Yeah, know, COVID, there was a morning news cycle and an afternoon and an news afternoon. cycle. And then there's the next, and then it reset the next day. Go ahead. But I feel like since then, it, it, it's, it's, the news cycles have lengthened a little bit, but not by much. You have like, you know, if you want to do something in relation to even what you're saying, if, you know, a story has come out that's really, you know, going around about winter sunburns, the story is really trending for the next day or two, you know, kind of depending. Yeah, it was the uh, story so, yeah. in the paper that morning. So we knew exactly. it was going to be hot that morning. So we jumped on it. Exactly. That is definitely a tactic that I like to, I like to do. And, you know, depends on my client, depends on how comfortable they are. Uh, providing maybe expert quotes or something like that. Um, and it also, of course, depends on the topic. Some topics do last longer in the news cycle. So that quick turnaround isn't always needed, but it is a great way to, to, you know, if you know what's going on in the news and you're keeping up with it and you do have a client that can, re, you know, uh, has the authority to speak on what's going on, can really provide those good insights that journalists are always looking for. Journalists are always looking for some type of expert to speak on what's going on or some type of insight to better um, edify their piece. I really like to, you know, capitalize on that as much as I can. It just requires constantly reading the news, which is exhausting a little bit. Um, but it's it's a really great tactic that I, I'm not gonna lie, like I don't I don't see all PR pros doing it. Again, not trying to, I'm just here digging up other PR pros. I'm sorry, but it's something that's low hanging fruit that can definitely pay off. Well, and there is, a, you know, in everybody, in all of our defenses, right, there is a lot of news out there. And so I do think you have to either pick and choose 
or use some news aggregators that point you in the right direction of things and sort of you you really need to get like figure out a way to get your own version of the cliff notes i'm dating myself there but get it like getting the breakdown of what you need to know that day right you get the the big headlines like the national and international stories okay fine but then you got to drill down to whether it's your local stuff or whether it's the stuff that uh where your clients might have a voice might have a shot at either lending their subject matter expertise, right? Their thought leadership, mm -hmm. right? Big T, big L, thought leadership, which everybody wants. Um, or or um, figuring out, you know, where they sit, whether it's mainstream local news or whether it's industry news or, or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta consume the news that you wanna be in. I think that's a great starting point, great thing that you bring up. Let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the connection between earned media and SEO and, and right, because that's the kind of the world that you, that you live in. Right. And you mentioned before that you're not doing it for SEO's sake, but it does play a role. So tell me a little bit about that and sort of how you go about that with your clients. Cause I think for, for traditional PR people, I think we t think in terms of hits, right? <laughs> if it's it, get them in the newspaper, get them on the radio, get them on the TV. And, and the data is sort of secondary and you're thinking kind of data first and strategy first. So give us a little window into how you work. Yeah, definitely. So there is, um, I, I do sit mostly in the SEO world. I kind of, I tell people straddle the line between SEO and PR. Like I, feel some days to PR for my SEO friends and to SEO for my PR friends. Like that's kind of how I like to describe it, but there, there is an SEO benefit to PR. If you are to get digital placements, like online placements, and they're to link back to your client's domain, that is those links back to the domain is a piece of criteria that Google uses when deciding where you're going to sit in the search engine results pages. So yeah, that that is a big piece of SEO that clients like, and if they don't have a bunch of high authority sites like the CNBCs and the USA Today's linking to their domain, um, then Google just doesn't see it as authoritative as the ones that do. So it's a really sought out, you know, tactic that that clients are wanting. But of course, I'm not just going out to CNBC and USA Today like, hey, link to my client. You know, I'm doing it in a strategic way that provides the the, the publishers uh, and the journalists a story and is obviously beneficial for them, like I said in my tweet. So um, I and on top of and when you do that, it doesn't just give you SEO value. I'm providing a story on behalf of my client that also gives, like I said, brand awareness brand, you know, consideration, maybe I'm doing it with a product. So I'm like pitching a story around the product and they'll link to the, the page with the product on it. You know, I'm showing off a product that could increase sales and, and overall bottom line. So if you do it strategically, there's multiple different benefits that come with digital PR that are more than just like the SEO value um, of, you know, getting, getting increased uh, placement in the search engine results pages. And overall, in general, this is another like buzz term, your like digital footprint. Um, it can be on these online digital sites, but traditional or digital PR has also kind of bled over into like getting your client on, you know, social or on TikTok or, or stuff like that in an organic way. That's another like buzz term that's kind of happened as well. So 
Of course, we want those links on those online publications, but just overall conversations around your client in general on in the digital space is something that is really happening in, the, in digital PR. Yeah, it's my experience that is, especially in sort of mainstream uh, news, that it can be a real challenge to get links from uh, in a news article back to a client's homepage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because typically, and 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 I I feel like the thinking is on the on the news side of things is that they don't want to take people off of their own website, right? Mm-hmm. The New York Times doesn't want to link out to somebody else's page because they want to keep people clicking on the New York Times pages for their own SEO reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll link to other stories they might have written about that company, but they'll never link out. Rarely will they link out. Now, flip that. And if you have, let's say, a list of like the 10 best things to buy for Christmas, you're probably going to get those product links because that's the whole point. But those are probably also, I'm going to mangle this, but maybe they're either sponsored or they're somehow like the media outlet is getting a little bit of a kickback for that, right? And we've talked about that before on the show and you're nodding your head. So go ahead. What, yeah, so give, us no. the difference, give us the difference and walk us through like what the, what the challenges are, what the differences are. Of course, you didn't mangle it at all. You're right. If there's a product involved, it is highly likely that the publication is going to want it to be a sponsored link, which does give, obviously gives them uh, the benefit. You know, they're getting, you know, the money to put the sponsored link on there. So that does happen. The, The negative thing on behalf of the client is that sponsored links in Google's eyes don't hold the same weight that non sponsored links do. So Sponsored, sponsored links aren't terrible. On top of that, you have to pay for them. So it's not technically earned media in, in that sense as well. Um, so sponsored links, they, they can be good. And if you're pushing the product and it does help the overall sales, there are extremely good and tasteful ways to do it, I would say, especially around the holidays. Um, but when it comes to just getting the publications to link to your client's site in an organic way, where there's no sponsored tag on the link and it has that SEO value, The biggest thing that I tell my clients is you have to have something worth linking to. You have to have value. You have to show them this is, you know, the story. And here is all of the information about what you're referencing in your article. And your readers need to see this in full. So if it is- So what could that be? Could that be like a study? Could it be like, go ahead. You were going there. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. The biggest thing that I say is that it, it- Usually journalists like and want to see some type of proprietary information. If it's information that, you know, is kind of like, no, duh, um, they're probably not going to link to it. In fact, they probably could come to those conclusions on their own. So if you have a study, if you have a ranking that's backed with multiple sources of data, if you have data, internal data, which is one of my favorite things to get from a client. If clients, you know, they have internal data, sales data, they have data based on demographic, you know, if, if there's more women buying than men, or if maybe all of a sudden they had this big Gen Z boom signing up for their, their service or, or their product, like that type of data can tell a story. And some clients can be kind of hesitant and, you know, provide internal data, understandably so. But what they don't realize is that they're the only ones with that data. So if they're willing to share it, and if they're willing to really you know, flush it out on their site, on a page and show all of the, their, not all of their internal data, but to show it in a really good way, that is something that journalists are 
really keen to link to because it shares, you know, information that nobody else had uh, available to them that the readers of those articles are going to want to see. That's a terrific insight. Absolutely. And couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. You're giving uh, the reporter, like you said, something that's valuable and that's valuable, not just to the reporter, but to the reporter's audience. Right. And we always remember that you're talking to the audience. Now, to me, everything that you're saying, which is all brilliant, comes back to how you first go out to that reporter and how you first where we started the conversation telling the story. So how can you um, I'll use the phrase write better, <laughs> but how do you put a package all this stuff and get it to a reporter in a compelling way that pays off in the form of everything you're talking about with links and with a good story and everything else? Yeah, you know, writing better. That's something that we're all always working on. My biggest tactic is really just talking in the reporter's language. I think that there is something extremely valuable about individualized, personalized pitching that is time consuming, but is very, very valuable in the end. If you do your research and you know what this reporter writes about, you know, you know, they're maybe personal opinions about what they write about if they're posting that on Twitter or if they're weaving that into their article. You look at the format and what their headlines look like. Use that in your subject line when you're sending your pitch. If you have something more personalized and you're, like I said, talking their language, talking and providing them stuff in the way that you know that they want it based on your research, it is so beneficial in the end to do that. And not only does it or can it lead to coverage, Usually journalists, unfortunately, like they don't get pitches like that very often because so many PR pros are just kind of known for the spray and play, quote unquote, <laughs> the terrible, terrible spray and play. I have just had so many journalists be like, wow, thank you for reading an article of mine before you pitched me, because I guess that's how low the bar is, which blows my mind. So it also just provides um, a really good way to get a relationship with the journalist who's usually just flattered that you did your research because unfortunately that's not always the case yeah you're so right i mean i and i can speak for myself i would say that 90 percent of the coverage that i get from my clients comes from reporters who i have worked with before yes um and that's simply because um you know you you give them one story good story they write it and then there's another one and another one and you get used to their cadence and you get used to the way they they write you get used to the way they like to receive information and it just makes it so more uh so much more efficient i think for everybody um not that they say yes to everything right sometimes they still <laughs> say no and that's yeah. okay but 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 and this is the part that i love they actually say no mm -hmm. <laughs> as opposed to just crickets, you know, right. as opposed to just not returning your call or your email, which I think that's to me, the kiss of death for, for uh, PR people is just no response. <laughs> just nothing at all. Yeah. I have definitely had that too. I, and I love creating a relationship with a journalist where maybe after they've covered something for me two, three times, I'll be like, Hey, you know, what are you working on? Or what exactly are you looking for? Or what days do you pitch your editor? And they have willingly, after they've gained that trust, given me that information, where it just makes the further content that I send them even better and even more tailored to what they're looking for, because they know that I'm sending them stuff that they're looking for. And, you know, we've gained that that trustworthy relationship. So you can only do that by doing your research up front. And it might take some time, you might have to rewrite your pitch 
in a way that, you know, better suits that specific journalist. But once you do that, they, they find that so valuable and that's exactly what they're looking for. So I don't, I don't understand why, I don't understand why you wouldn't, you understand? Well, we'll, we'll depend on all those other PR people who aren't doing what you're describing <laughs> to clear a path for those of us that do. <laughs> hope so. this, is, this, is, this is a great place to end this conversation, Brie. It's been wonderful. Let's going to segue now into uh, the, the fun portion uh, or, the, or the silly portion or whatever you want to call it, our rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor's studio, ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two. So with your indulgence, Brie, here we go. Rapid fire question number one, what is your favorite news source? My favorite news source. I am loving um, the Morning Brew lately. They are so oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, I started following them on Twitter and after all of their funny content, I signed up for their newsletters too, which comes to my email. Um, they provide news in a very funny kind of off the cuff way. So it, some people might think it's kind of childish, but it's just fun to get the news in a way that makes me laugh a little bit. <laughs> That, that, there's nothing wrong with starting your day with a smile, right? Absolutely. Yes. I love it. Rapid fire question number two, what's your favorite social media platform? Um, Twitter. Definitely. Love Twitter. Yeah, me too. Me too. Rapid fire question number three, coffee or alcohol? Coffee. 100%. No hesitation. I'm a caffeine addict. Coffee is everything. How do you, how do you take the coffee? Follow uh, up. How oh. do you take the coffee? A little bit of Coffee Mate Italian Sweet Cream Creamer, just a little bit in there. Um, and I love Cafe Bustello, which is just uh, Cuban coffee you can find at, you know, Publix or, or something like that. That's my favorite. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Rapid fire question number four. What's your favorite on the run food? Oh, I love... <laughs> I love a protein bar. Um, yeah, those are my favorite. I have like three or four boxes in, in my pantry at all times. Yeah, I, I keep them like everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and rapid fire question number five, what do you be want to be after you finish this career? Good question. I don't know the answer to that one. I feel like I could never, I feel like I couldn't imagine myself doing anything but this. I really do love what I do. Um, I have a special place in my heart when I work with startups or if I work with really small companies that are first starting out. So I think maybe I would pivot to just helping, you know, those kinds of businesses. You know, I love when I'm just speaking to the CEO who went out on a limb and decided to, you know, put all of their chips in and start a business. I think there's something extremely inspiring about that. Um, so I, I think I would keep doing this just maybe specifically for those types of businesses. That sounds great. That's awesome. All right. Well, Bree, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you online. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, my favorite social media platform. Um, it's going to be at Brie Heike. My last name is spelled H-U-Y-K-E. And then you can find me on LinkedIn at Brie Godwin Heike. Again, Heike is spelled H-U-Y-K-E. Doesn't look like how it's pronounced, but that's how you pronounce it. 
That sounds good. Thanks again, Bri. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok at The PR Podcast. Send us a question or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Our intro is by Christopher Appolt. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at JodyFisherPR.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast. Mm -hmm.